called Can't Get Any Worse, so we, I think everyone knows you can't get any worse story. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, fucking appreciate Yeah, yeah. I that's, don't know it. That's the crazy thing. Adrian doesn't know your story. Okay. And I've, I've been, like, trying not to tell him. I intentionally try not to, like... Do you know anything about it at all? No, <laughs> no right, he knows right, nothing. All right. But yeah, yeah. So... I'm keen for him to hear the first time, but I also understand that you've told it 10,000 times. That's so, okay. Yeah. That's all right. Well, I'm sure I'll, I'll we'll get into it and I'll tell some things that yeah, I yeah. have never told before. So well, Let's go. Well, yeah, let's kick off now. So we've got, we got uh, comedian and podcaster Andrew Hamilton here tonight. Yeah. Ooh. We're doing it, boys. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's in Queensland. Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, appreciate you making the drive down to this little shithole from Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. Yeah, yeah. Yes. from where, sorry? Uh, I was just, I'm staying at the Mantra in like Brisbane CBD, okay. Mantra yep. on Queen. But you don't live in Brisbane? No, 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 I live in Sydney. Yeah, okay. That's and right. so I'm just visiting, doing uh, doing gigs for the week. Nice. And uh, yeah, so Jimmy hit me up and, and uh, I didn't realise when I agreed. <laughs> How shit it was. <laughs> How fucking, what, can I leave now? How fucking far away I was going. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, well, I can't back out of it now. Yeah, Let's no, go do I, this. I, I appreciate it. I know it's a, I know it's a hike. Definitely. Um, but yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll make up for it on the drive back to the city. Yeah, a hand job while he's driving. Yeah, yeah thanks, mate. <laughs> you know, that sounded so sexual. <laughs> no. But um, I reckon let's just fucking get it out of the way straight off the top. I reckon. Right. Uh, so yeah, we get, we have a can't get any worse story every week. Uh, I think we're all well aware of yours. And just quickly, uh, we definitely didn't rip off your podcast. You do. I noticed that as I started to look into you. What do you mean? So you you you've got a podcast. I guess yes. before we get into yours, yeah. Um, shit's gone sideways. Yes. And you get you get people in and they tell their stories. Yep. And there's some heavy shit on there, eh? Like. Uh, there is, there is indeed. But I, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. The important thing with my podcast is not only that shit went sideways, but then they've recovered from it. Exactly. Yeah, um, that's the cool that part. There has to be some kind of redemption or rehabilitation piece. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's that's the thing I'm always looking for because sometimes I'll, I'll get people pitching me their stories and I'm like, yeah, yeah but your life has just gone to shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we haven't found the upturn yet. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, where's the redemption? Where's the comeback? Yeah. And they're like, sure. oh no, I'm, it's happening. I'm yeah, like, well, it's, it's contact me in a year or two, mate, yeah. and yeah. it's happened. You know, yeah, no, that's cool. Well, yeah, we um we only recently in the last sort of ten episodes or something introduced this because every podcast has got to have a spin on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do you want to kick us off with your your story? Sure. Well, uh, I was living a pretty good life as a commercial drug dealer in okay. Sydney for over fifteen years. I was selling magic mushrooms, right. LSD, uh, MDMA, ketamine, and cocaine. Uh, living in a beautiful townhouse in Surrey Hills. I had a pizza restaurant in King's Cross that was um, getting rave reviews. Yeah. I was engaged to a beautiful girl. I had two dogs. My life was good. And then um, my ex-fiancee had a mental breakdown on coke. Uh, she hadn't slept in a few days and thought that the mafia were trying to kill her or something and ran off and told the cops that I had a <laughs> house full of drugs and got the house raided by the organised crime squad. And, and then I... I got sent to prison, oh. and uh, yeah, then uh, things got from went yeah. from bad to <laughs> worse <Yeah. laughs> continually. Right? You think, oh, things can't get any worse. You're like, one, I'm in prison. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, now then you're in quarantine because of COVID at the yeah. time for like two weeks, and I didn't have a TV. Isn't prison itself a quarantine. Well, yeah, but then because of COVID, um, it was all these protocols about anyone that was coming in. They had to be like put oh, in quarantine before they're put into a mainstream yard. 
Yeah, right. Right, because yeah. otherwise you might come in with COVID and next thing yeah. you know a whole yard's got it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're all pretty close to each other all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a lot of space. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if you're sharing a two by four, two meter by four meter cell with another bloke, yeah. and we one, all got one, it. and one of you's got COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that almost would have been worse. Hey, just being alone, I guess. For what was it? How long was quarantine? I don't even remember so, that shit. I, I was. In um, quarantine for two weeks. But uh, in Sydney, there was a lockdown that was four months, but it was basically the same time as the time I was in prison. Oh, crazy, um, yeah, right. So, so you didn't miss out on too much. I though. didn't miss out on much <laughs> at all. It was in a good fact, time to go. In, in fact, I used to always joke that I was more social in prison than I was. Right, yeah, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Right? Yeah. See more people than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, because I'm playing touch footy in prison. <laughs> right. Right? People in their houses couldn't leave the house. Yeah. They're having mental health issues. They're feeling isolated, and I was... You know, ain't playing cards every day, so yeah. it wasn't that bad. But uh, yeah, in in the space of a few weeks, like I had the quarantine, and that was pretty hard on your mental health, mm. particularly the first two weeks when I didn't have a TV or books or anything. Just it was very hard just to to stay out of your own thoughts. Which when you just first get pinched, that's like the mm. the last place you want to be is in your own head for sure. Because all you can think is like. I'm fucked, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I'm fucked. Yeah, yeah. How did my life turn to shit? Sure. Fuck. Everyone hates me. My yeah. wife's in the toilet. I'm going to be in here forever. Mm. And so then I found out that, like, because I was in remand, which is basically unsentenced prison. It's when yeah. they, they think you're on serious charges and you're going to be there for a while. Yeah. So they just send you in there to basically get the ball rolling, essentially. Right. And so at that point, I thought I was maybe going to get out on Supreme Court bail. So wow. at the time, I thought I had this deluded sense that I was only going to be in there for about four or six weeks. So this is they send you there before you've actually before you get sentenced. sentenced. Yes. Does that time count towards whatever? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Yeah. So when guys are in there for um, you know arm robs or yeah. murder or whatever you're in there, you might your case might go on. The trial might go on for two years, yeah. and then when you get sentenced, that two years is taken off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's already time served towards yeah. your sentence. Um, but yeah, so I ended up doing like four months, but at the time I thought I was only been there for about four mm. weeks, but then you f- I found out that my lawyer had to pull out of the case because he wasn't sick and he hadn't even put in the papers for an, a, for a Supreme Court bail yet. So then you like think, oh fuck, I'm going to be in here for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Then my fiance told me that she was leaving me after about the th- week three and she had a new dude a couple of weeks later and she rehomed my dogs, which, oh. um, so it was like just, Things kept getting worse and yeah, worse yeah. and worse, and you just and then I had my restaurant went under because like I wasn't um, there running it and um, you know keeping alive with drug money during a pandemic. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, there was just a lot of shitty things that happened in a row to the point where you just like you just feel defeated, um, you know. And so there were certainly points, particularly in the first four five weeks, where. Um, you know, I'm an optimistic person, but even that, even I was struggling to see uh, light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, right. I was just like, why don't I just fucking neck myself? You know, yeah, true. Um, because yeah, he just when, when there's just so many things going wrong and it all falls apart, mm. it's it's pretty hard to be upbeat. But then that passes. Mm. You know, I found uh, other inmates were really good at at helping you. When they could see that you were down, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the thing you you don't really hear about prisoners. You hear about all the violence mm. and things like that, but you don't really hear about blokes helping out uh, each another, yeah, um, helping everyone mm. when they're struggling, yeah, which true. is a big thing. Then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, guys yeah. will try and cheer you up and distract you, and then you get into training, and then you just yeah. like, and then you just 
start to realise like this is something that you'll survive mm-hmm. and, and, and and get through and, and and life will go on. And so, yeah, it was during that time I started to see just so many funny things that would happen. Like, um, I don't know, you'd... I remember being in the yard one day and the prison guards called out for a guy named David Wilson and then uh, they were going, David Wilson to the office, David Wilson, and then a whole yard full of like hardened crims started doing their best like Tom Hanks cutaway impression, <laughs> going, Wilson, Wilson, I'm sorry, Wilson. And I remember laughing so hard and I, it just felt like such a strange place when you're looking around at all these barbed wire fences mm-hmm. and the cameras and the guards and just thinking like laughter doesn't feel like it should fit in this place. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, when I was laughing, I would forget for just a few minutes that I was in prison. Yeah, that's cool. And that's when I was like, wow, um, yeah. laughter's a pretty powerful agent yeah, if it can make you forget that you're in a maximum security prison surrounded yeah, yeah, by some pretty bad dudes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And But there were funny things that would happen all the time. You know, you'd hear stories about... There was a, a yard, one over from me, where there was like um, Chinese guys that would get like string... And staples and put bread on it, and they'd throw it out to a pond and catch ducks. These Chinese guys would yeah, reel yeah. in ducks and then kill them in their cells and cook up duck. Like, yeah, you know, you can just imagine this like, <laughs> hunk, hunk. I'm like yeah, yeah. Was, the, was the pond on the other side of the fence? Yeah, it was like, so how they get the duck? It's outside the yard, like just a pond and ducks, and these Chinese dudes are like reeling it in <laughs> both through the gap in the fence. Oh, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. You do that without being noticed. Yeah. Uh, like, and then, like, you know, there'd be, like, uh, the Koori fellas, Aboriginal guys, would, would try and, and do it so that they could um, try and sell these to the Chinese guys. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you hear these stories and you're, like, you're laughing so much. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, it's not all doom and gloom in there. There's certainly things that make you laugh. And so... Yeah, I guess you hear, like, it's a... Like a it's obviously a terrible place to be, mm. but I guess there would be sort of like a brotherhood sort of thing that you'd develop. If you're in the main yard, yeah. yeah, yeah if you're okay. in the main yard, so you're in like general the general prison wing, then uh, and you're not in the boneyard in the protection as a, like a, a snitch or a fucking pedophile or a rapist or a, you know someone who's beat up the elderly or something. Right. All yep. those guys are considered undesirable. If, right. they, if you're in the main yard and people find out about it, there'll be trouble. Yeah, right, um, for sure. But, so yeah, if you're in the main yard then you consider it okay. And yep. then in that case, you, the only times you really guys really get hurt is if they're racking up drug debts or, like, starting beefs or, like, just talking shit. But, like, I, I just kept a, low, a pretty low profile and I was fine. I got treated great. People, people knew I was in there for mushrooms and thought it was funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so all these things that, that happened that were just so funny and just this strange world that I was dropped into because I... You know, I, I grew up pretty well. I, I, I wasn't from, like, um, I grew, didn't grow up around crime too much. So this was a very foreign world that I knew nothing about, that I had to learn. And uh, there was just so much of it that, was, that I could see the funny side of that that was when I, I had time to sit in my cell and think about what I'd wanted to do with my life and realise that I'd always wanted to do stand-up comedy. Yep. And yeah. that was when I made, I made a promise to myself that when I got out, I'd start doing it. Yeah, that's sick. And so I started writing jokes on my, um, like, piece of paper in yeah. my yeah. prison cell, and I started scoring all my um, lunches and dinners in prison out of ten, like, yeah, on yeah. an adjusted okay. prison scale. I started doing, like, these funny food reviews <laughs> yeah. just to, you know, keep myself from going insane. Yeah, and then yeah. I'd sit there in my cell with my cellmate, like, and he'd be like, mate, you're out of your head giving that a fucking 6.2. That was fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> and I'd be like, what do you, what, what do you mean? It's yeah, a 6.2, yeah. mate. Yeah. You know, and he'd be like, nah, it's a 5.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Food critics. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you say you always wanted to do stand-up. Do you remember, like, when you first, like, because I'm the same way. I Now that I know I want to do it, like, it's always been a sort of an intertwining thing in my life that I've wanted to do deep down. Do yeah. you remember, like, a moment where you were like, oh, fuck, like, I mean, I don't remember a moment when I thought I really wanted to do it just so I, I was awed by people that did it. I, I yep. used to love going to watch Arj Barker when yeah, I was yeah. like, uh, I'm pretty old now, I'm like 37. Like back when I was like 18, 19, mm-hmm. I'd go see Arj Barker and there were guys that still like some great Aussie comedians like Daniel Towns that would open for him. Yep. And I just thought these guys are hilarious. So yeah, I wish I could sure. do that. And then when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I'd go to local comedy gigs in Surrey Hills okay. and I would watch them. And I'd think of jokes and I'd think that they were awesome, but I'd, I never thought I had the guts to go and try it. And yep. I also didn't think, like, I had much to say. Yeah, okay. I didn't think I, I could – I didn't know how to write a joke. Yep, yep. And so I guess, yeah, going to prison and just suddenly having this wealth of these ridiculous things that were happening mm-hmm. around me just helped me to write yeah. jokes – which I guess gave me the confidence to go and do that because then I could go to open mics and I had this material that would stick out. Mm-hmm. But then it's also given me help and the confidence to go and write jokes that aren't about prison, yep, which yep. is kind of what I'm working on now. Yeah, but for sure. For my first show I ever did was called Jokes About the Time I Went to Prison. Yeah. And I did that as an hour show okay. in, in Melbourne uh, in April. Okay. And that went great. Yeah, awesome. You won best newcomer. I got nominated. I got nominated. Oh, I nom- okay, nominated. Yeah, I got yeah, nominated yeah. for best it's newcomer. Still fucking sick. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I got offered the, the the festival rejected me for like a, a, a festival managed venue, but okay. um, I applied to all these other venues and I got offered a small cocktail bar, which is great, called the Bard's Apothecary at like ten forty at night. So it was okay. like basically the graveyard shift yeah. in a tiny room. And I just thought, look, I'll just go there and I'll do it and just um, see what happens. And then I plugged away and did the show 16 times over three weeks. Yep. Okay. And cool. the show slowly built up momentum, got some good reviews, and then got attention from the judges. And then they... Um, they nominated me, and then I extended my run and did, and did uh, extra shows okay. with cool. with the festival in a bigger room. Yeah, so sorry. yeah, it was that, kind of a spin out to do that only a year after I started comedy. For sure, yeah, yeah. Did you have anyone um, like I don't think anyone would have openly said anything to you, but did you feel like people were like, "Oh, this guy's been in comedy for a year, and he's at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival," or was everyone um, not did everyone really? Sort of uh, so people, the people that I that that I gig with all the time that yeah. I respect backed me to do it. Yeah, yeah, sweet. There were people that um were saying I shouldn't do so many shows, or okay. that um you know because I think that they believe you've got to do at least ten shows to be up for nomination for best right. newcomer. Yeah. So they were like, you know, do eight if it's going well, do more, yeah, or something like that. But I, that's not how I operate. Yeah, I'm yeah, just sure. like fucking in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah, right. So let's just fucking do it. So well, I, why I, would they not want you to like do more? Like I don't understand. Because uh, it's basically saying, look, if 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 the show's not as good as you hope it was, yeah. right? I just do a, and then next year you can come back yeah. and do more, and you can be up for nomination then, right. right? So it's like you're saying you've only got one shot yeah. at at being up for nomination. Okay, yeah. so I see. Right. Oh, I see. If you cross the threshold, then you. If can't you cross the threshold, yeah. and then the next year you're not best, new, yeah. you're not a newcomer yeah, anymore. That makes but sense. they're saying the newcomer threshold is ten shows. Okay. 
I don't know if that's true. That's yeah, just yeah, yeah. that's what I've been told by people who seem to know what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. but anyway, I did sixteen. I was up for nomination. <laughs> I've been there for like two yeah, seconds, yeah. and then it went well. But uh, yeah, I mean, you do get a bit of that from from some people, like oh, who's this guy? He's only been around for a little while, but yeah. it's, it's never it's never people who are doing real well. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's so exactly what I've noticed. Just resentment. Yeah, yeah. For it's sure. never people that are doing really well. People yeah. that are doing really well. They see someone do well and they're like, fuck, that's awesome. Good on them. Yeah, yeah. Right? For sure. So, yeah, I think just don't, you don't need to listen to everyone's opinion on what you should be doing or should not be doing. I think you, you just got to go with your gut. I believed that I should be doing comedy when I was in prison. I've been doing it most nights ever since. And then I believed in my gut that I should go to Melbourne and I would do well. And I did. So, I I trust my instincts. They've been taking me. Pretty, in a pretty good direction since I stopped doing crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, did you... So you are doing it for a year up until you did that. Was it an hour show? Or Yeah. yeah? Oh, well, 50, it was like 50 minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's still... Um, were you confident in all your material? Because to be doing it for a year and have an hour of... So I, 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 it was, I was as confident in my material as I could be yep. at this stage, okay. right? So I, I, it, was a balance, it was a battle between am I good enough and... If I'm still talking about the four months I did in prison in three years, yep. I'll fucking shoot myself. Exactly. Yeah, that was, right? one, that was one thing I wanted to talk about. So, is, are you worried about being pigeonholed yeah. as that guy? Like, no, I, that, that, but that's kind of why I wanted to race to get it out. Because I, was like, I feel, I was like, I believe that I have such venom and I had such strong passion in what I was talking about. I was like, that'll help me to get away with the fact that not all the jokes are as amazing as they could be yep. if yeah. I was a five years in writer of yep. comedy. Sweet. So, so flush this out. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I, I was like, I, I, half decent jokes with um, with me having a really strong um, passion for what I'm saying yep. will get me will get me by for sure. Yeah, yeah, because that's um that's the first time I reached out to you actually. Is I, I saw you popping up on social media and stuff, and then one random night you put a post in Blokes Advice, which I think most Australian blokes are in. Yep, and you just put a post up saying, hey, if anyone's in Melbourne and they're struggling or something like that or can't afford tickets to a to a comedy show, like, hit me up and I'll give you tickets to my show. And I was like, fuck, we've got a good one here. Yeah. Well, it was also self-serving because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't was, want to bring that far. It was, it, was, it was free promo yeah, for the show. Exactly. And some nights I, 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 I was doing the show to four people. I did the show to four people one night. So yeah. I'm like... I'm happy to have fucking an extra five yeah, people, yeah. six people in the room for free yeah, for just sure. to make sure that the show is all right. Yeah. Definitely. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was a mix between... I was, try- I was trying to make you sound good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever do that. <laughs> it was a mix between yeah, altruism yeah. and self-serving, uh, yes, thoughts, but... They're not exclusive. Some, but so, exactly right. So <laughs> uh, it was a win-win for a few guys messaged me and came along yeah. to the show, which was great. That's sick. And, uh, yeah, I, I was... I, I was uh, a roller coaster because the first night I got to Melbourne, I had five ticket sold, and then seventeen people rocked up and bought tickets on the door. So oh, like, that's, and that's and cool. in a small room yeah. that was like it's such a good atmosphere with yeah. yeah. twenty people in this tiny room. But uh, the next night I had four sold. And I'm like, oh well, that's all right. We'll have heaps more on the on the oh, door. Yeah, and yeah. then no one else came, <laughs> and I had to do the show to four people. Yeah, and luckily it was a hot four. They were sitting in the front row, yeah, and we had sick. a good time. But uh, then I was like, okay, Melbourne's gaslighting me. This place is trying to just <laughs> yeah. confuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, right. But then um, slowly it built. I was like, you know, you build it, they'll come. Uh, so most nights I'd have, I had, every other night I had at least double digits. Okay. So I had at least 10. And then 
um, on weekends and started to build up to sellouts. So right. I was like, the room could fit forty. One night we had a standing, we had people standing in the back. We had like fifty in the room, yeah, nice. which was like just yeah. so claustrophobic. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. You know, it was one of the best experiences of my entire life. Just going there, going somewhere like that, having a dream, backing yourself, putting your balls out there, um, and, and having like the odds a little bit against you, um, and then coming out with a good result. Uh, was was amazing, yeah. And I got sure. I got management out of it, which is great. Um, and it's just it's helped me to slowly work my way towards the dream of living off comedy, or, yeah, yeah. or having a, having a living. Yeah, that's sick. I love to hear like stories like that. Like fucking nothing better. I reckon. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I guess it's the 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 whole. Like uh, story behind your podcast, I guess. Like absolutely, yeah. Dig, your, dig yourself out of the shit that you got yourself in, sort of thing. Absolutely, I, I would not be in the in the happy place that I am now if it didn't go to shit. If it didn't all get worse and yeah, then yeah. worse and worse yeah. and lose everything that I thought I needed. Right, mm. I thought I needed my fiance and all this money mm. and dog. My dog. I mean, I miss yeah. my dogs every day. I got to do yeah. them, but um, like all this stuff that I valued was just like fucking. Nothing. Yeah, mm. 100%. Not, you, you can live without it. The things that I took for granted um, that I still had was I was so fat and unhealthy then, but, like, just your health. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, you know, when, when you just strip back to just being this naked dude who's just referred to as a number in mm. prison, like a yeah. fucking barcode, um, and then all you got is just your body. Yeah. yeah. You're no, like, definitely. okay, well, I better look after this thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. it's all I got it's right now. Got, yeah. Yeah. That... And a couple of, uh, and a couple of packets of like Nescafe Blend Forty Three and <laughs> and some warm milk as like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a and a and a sad looking banana. I was like, I guess this is all Six I have in the world. Yeah. So I yeah, what'd up. you rate the banana? <laughs> <laughs> um, I imagine a one of the toughest things of the whole thing. Like, if it was me personally, because I'm pretty similar. I had private school education, like. Pretty much life set up for me if I wanted to take it, I guess. But I, I was shit at school and yep. blah, blah, blah. Um, we don't know tough? what we got at the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, was it tough when your parents found out? Um, not really. I think part of them always or I had an inkling that okay. like, there was, my money was coming from some uh, questionable streams. Right. And then obviously it hit them hard when I first got locked up. But then I think they, do, it, it, uh, they turned around pretty quickly and were like, we think this actually could be really good for you. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I uh, was like, well, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> right now, this is like, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk uh, to my lawyer. No, <laughs> but it ended up being great for me. You know, no, it completely sick. changed my life. I sobered up, I got off drugs, and I had time to think about what I really value in life and, and re, um, like, and plot out a, a new course for my life where, you know, I, I'm, good at what I do and I love doing it and I finally feel like I live with purpose and that was the whole point of a podcast was yeah that I wouldn't be on this happy life if I didn't if things didn't go to shit and I felt like that's a common thread a lot of people have those kind of stories so I talk to people I talk to a lot of ex-crims obviously Mm. Um, I call us the crimfluencer community crimfluencers you know a lot of guys on TikTok that talk about their time in jail but uh, also talk to people who have gone through major health crises, mm-hmm. um, people that have been involved in religious cults and left them and their whole family excommunicate them. I mean, there's all kinds of people that have 
Uh, well, I spoke to a guy the other day that got like three quarters of his thigh bitten off by a shark. Yeah, and he, was, he was like training. He was, he was on, on on the road to becoming a pro surfer, and that yeah. changed his life. So, all the people have these crazy stories about how like their life has just been like just set in a completely new course because yeah. of some uh, setback. But then uh, I think we forget a bit about just the. The resilience of the human spirit. Like mm-hmm. we, we're most of us are pretty good, and when we reach, when we face adversity, we just don't know it. Yeah, right? yeah. We, you don't know what you're made of until things absolutely fall apart. Yeah, and 100%. then you find out a lot about your character. Luckily, I found out that I'm uh, not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Right, I just needed to fucking go through that. Unfortunately, I, I would wish, I hope that people can. Have that turning point without shit hitting the fan, yeah. but for a lot of people, unfortunately, that's the way it's got to go. You yeah, have to have sure. it all fall apart, yeah. and it will suck, but you'll come through it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That makes me think, like, you know, the countries that have mandatory military service. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I wonder if, like, that's a similar thing. Like, they force you into like this really regiment, like, strict environment. Like, mm-hmm. I think, I think probably, I would, I would agree yeah. that. Um, I mean, I spoke to my uncle about my experience in prison, and he said that sounds a lot like the army. Yeah. <laughs> and he became so close with the guys he went through it with mm. because you, when you go through this hardship with other people, it yeah. brings you together. But also in, th- in terms of just building um, mental toughness, yeah, yeah I, I think it's kind of like forced hardship, which actually reveals a lot about your character. So I, I think it probably has merit. Yeah, super interesting. Just when like hearing you talk about, it, I was like, just all that I could think in my head is like, you just form such close bonds with all these people that you spend so much time with. Yeah, I, I did a lot of. Oh, okay, a lot of guys that talk about horror stories of like that. They're like, mate, no one in here is your mate. Don't <laughs> fucking trust them. And I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> no one here is your but, mate. Um, I I was lucky. I I hung around some really. Great guys. I mean, I, I hung around some guys that turned out to be not great, and they sometimes they lied about what they were in for. Right. Okay. But uh, a lot of the guys were genuine and good and helped okay. me through uh, a lot. And some of them I, uh, have, have been out and then gone back in mm. because it's a massive cycle of crime for men, yeah. most of them. Yeah. They're not in there for this first time. I, I was in there for my first time in the yard of 80 where I think me and one other guy out of 80 we're in there for the first time. Everyone okay. else were like repeat customers. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, crazy statistics. Hey? So then you think your outcome is an outlier, I guess? It absolutely is an outlier. Yeah. And I know that a big factor in that was that I come from such a supportive network of friends mm. and family, right? I got lucky. I had <clears throat> a house to go to when I was on bail, and I had guys offering me jobs when I was on bail. To help me get back on my feet. Yeah. A lot of guys don't have that. And yeah. if you don't have that, you don't have a support network, you don't have friends and family sticking by you, and yeah. then all the people the only people you identify with are, are the guys you did prison with. Imagine how easy it is to just fall yeah. back into a cycle of crime. Yeah. If like you I just need f- money, how do I get money? I can't get a job. This is but, how I get money. but also yeah. if you feel like there's no one out there for you to want to do better for, if there's right. people that you don't have like prison was harder on my family than it was on me, mm. right? For I, sure. I yeah. didn't realise... when I, I was so selfish when I was doing crime, I didn't realise that you don't do the time alone. I was yeah. happy to do the time if I ever got caught, mm-hmm. but I didn't realise you don't do the time alone. And when I realised that, when I saw the impact, 
I thought, well, there, there you go. That, that's it for me. Yeah. But if you get out and you don't have that, and you're like, well, then fuck. Why would I care? Because prison's fine. I, I'll go in there, particularly Aboriginal guys. If you're in a, most yards, have got thirty, forty percent yeah. Aboriginal men. <clears throat> you, some of these guys have more power and respect in prison than they do in the real world. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. if they get out, what's the reason for them to? What's the disincentive for them to not do crime? Mm. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. interesting. You said like so when you were living the crime life, that was something that you considered like. If I get caught, I'll do like I'm totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I always was doing it. I was having a good time, but I was like, look, if 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 I go down, I've made the choice. Yeah, yeah. Do you um? So you say you had like a good support crew and stuff like that, and obviously at some stage you were known as like the Mushroom King of Sydney or something. <laughs> Is that a genuine title, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, self, by, self, oh, self, self title. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't done the numbers, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Look, if you, if you ever in Sydney in the last ten years and you ask someone if they had a mushroom cap, yeah, there was it was a way to trace it back to me. Yeah, easy. Um, so from the stories I listened to, you had a mate that you were doing it with. Do you still are you still mates with him and stuff, or you sort of had to? Um, oh, mushrooms! Don't have to, don't have mushrooms. Um, no, nah, just like a, like a mate, like. Um, like, is he still your mate, I guess? Like, I, I Or have you had to sort of cut ties to get out of that sort of scene? I was running the whole thing as a sole trader. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were guys that, um, that I was... That's crazy that you refer to it as a sole trader. Like, <laughs> it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> Got an ABN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was just me on my own. Okay, um, right. Yeah. These pizzas are extra special. <laughs> yeah. Some of those guys I know went into, like, the guys that I bought off, like, went dormant for a, for quite a while afterwards, just in okay. case that they were going to get a knock on get the door. The because right um, in, yeah. I got arrested on the exact same day as Operation Ironside, which was the Anom takedown, when um, they had the FBI had that fake um, encrypted messaging app. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and right. so I got taken down on the same day as that, which made me look like a much, much oh, bigger yeah, organised crime figure than I was. It was just <laughs> pure coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, like, so my sister's a lawyer in New York, and so they're all reading the news, and they're like, fuck, how big was yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I wasn't using that. Yeah. I was fucking using Wicker and fucking yeah. WhatsApp, and yeah, like, yeah. people just come over to my house to buy mushrooms. Yeah. It was a pretty simple operation. It was just yeah. a very, very large operation mm. at, a, at a dealer level because I had, over the course of 15 years, just had a referral system which yep. had just blown yeah. out of control because I had exceptional drugs and exceptional customer service. For sure, yeah, yeah. Right? Which if you, have, you if, you have, like, if you have both of those, yeah. you're going to do well. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. you know... It's a business you know, model. Yeah. It sounds, guys, like, sounds like you're pretty business savvy like to yeah. be doing that and then a pizza shop as well. Like, <laughs> you've obviously got a head on your shoulders. So, yeah, well... <laughs> I think. My, 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 <laughs> hang on a minute. Yeah, my, my, I keep my, trying to compliment you. <laughs> I was like, well, I got caught first, yeah. And then also, um, you know, I think from just from so much drug abuse for so long, mm. I was doing so much coke for so long. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like I, I have my full mental yeah. faculties anymore. I heard you say on a podcast you were doing ten grand of coke a week. Is that? Yeah, that would be about right. So crazy numbers. Um, eh? That's ten grand at a wholesale, not even retail. <laughs> that's like you know, is the business mind again? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like that's uh, crazy. Yeah, like, I was probably doing like an ochre and a half. So what's that like? Uh, Twenty eight. 40 grams. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, 40, that's nuts. 40 I mean, I was, I was sharing a little bit of it, but yeah, I was yeah. also doing like, by the end I was doing like romp, these Godzilla lines that were like, you know, yeah. this so, the size of like a 30 centimetre ruler and like yep. th- as thick as a pencil. And yeah, yeah. Just, just to feel anything. Because if you're doing... Just to chase it like that. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, if you're, up to, if you're up to day five of Coke yeah. and you haven't slept, you just tap to... to feel the Coke, you yeah. need to have something so stupid that you're, fuck, I'm just, yeah, yeah. You know, my nose is fucked, my brain's fucked. And then that tied into um, 
your gambling addiction as well, I guess. Yeah. Not just both those things playing off each other to keep you... Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I opened the restaurant, I suddenly was getting... I, I slowly had gotten on top of the gambling. Yep. The gambling was less of a problem in the last couple of years, but um, my, that got uh, overtaken by just this monstrous drug, yep. the cocaine consumption, yeah, right, which was true. just wild. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't really... <laughs> I don't miss it now. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I got... I got um, I got tangled up in gambling for a bit, but nowhere near like your level. I'm playing like rookie numbers. <laughs> Do they um, even have ten dollar hits in on pokies in this? That's the city? thing. I heard you were addicted to the pokies. I can't get into them. No, I, I tried them. I tried them. I think twice, and I just do I some coke. Get it? And then get back, <laughs> you know. The colours. Yeah, yeah. No, my my things. Um, sports and horses and dogs. Yeah, and yeah, stuff. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I lost yeah. lost three grand on a college basketball <laughs> game when we really needed the money once, and I was like. I need to back off. And then uh, my mate lost 20 back grand. Back off? That's, what, that's when you've got to chase. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. The next game would have been the one. Yeah. Yeah, and then my mate lost 20 grand on a horse, and I'm like, fuck, if I don't okay. pull out now. Like, that will be me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it absolutely will be you. Yeah, no, definitely. I still, I, I, I'm at the point now where I can still dabble a bit, like on the UFC or something. I'll, I'll put some money on. But yeah, I can't. It's a slippery slope. I can't dabble at all because mm. I know. Um, just how slippery that slope yeah. is for me. I go from zero to 100 real quick. That's yeah. the same with... That's why I, I, I drink now, but luckily I, I don't do drugs because um, I, luckily my, my my connection in my head between alcohol and cocaine was so bad at one point, I couldn't have like three beers without instantly thinking time True. for bags, time for bags. Yep. But four months in prison was like rehab to me. Yeah, like, okay. it, it broke that connection. So now yeah, I can drink. That was a choice though because obviously there must have been drugs available. They're really shit drugs. There's okay. no bags of coke floating yeah, around yeah, in Long yeah, Bay yeah. Jail, mate. It's right. fucking like, it's either ice or yeah. um, stuff that um, is called either buprenorphine or suboxone. It's yeah, like right. um, hilly, hillbilly heroin essentially. Okay. It's just like, it comes in these strips and it's like, it's fucked. Yeah. Like, anyone who's doing that drug, it's fucked. Um, crushed, it's, crushed up duck feathers from the Chinese people. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like, yeah. So anyway, the the options were not like, oh, hey, man, do you want to get a fucking bag of Coke for your fucking... Pr-? If I was yeah. sitting in, in Long Bay Jail, I probably at that point would have got Coke if it was available to me and I would have been sitting in my two-by-four cell doing my cellmate's head in, yeah, like, yeah. like pacing one metre up and back, going like, oh, oh mate, so um, what are your charges? How long are you in for? Like, um, <laughs> what should we do tomorrow? You want to work out? Like, uh, and immediately like, shut up. <laughs> like, you're going to keep hitting me over the head with a yeah. kettle. Like, so anyway, I'm glad I didn't, I couldn't score coke for sure. in prison and it was long enough to break that cycle of, of addiction for me. But I know now, like, people now will offer me it or will be socially, they'll, off me a line, they go, oh, you used to shout me so much. That's Let me say nice. thank you. And I'll be like, look, man, I really appreciate it, but I just can't do it because mm. for me, not only may I, may I turn back into a coke addict, I'll probably turn back into a fucking massive criminal. Yeah, I'll, for I'll, sure. I'll be back on. I, I've, got, I've still got the numbers. I could, have yeah, a, yeah. I could have a drug operation back up and running in 48 hours. Yeah, right. yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this man some comedy. We're back. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was telling him before the podcast, I, um, I sent him the generic podcast invita- yeah. invitation and I'm like, We've got spirits here. You're welcome to them all. And then he goes, oh, I'll just have water. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. He's sober. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, definitely not. Luckily, you got here and explained it to me. So I'm not a bad person. Yeah. Um, There is one part of your arrest that I I would like to talk about because I find it, you might not find it the funniest thing of of the whole thing, but I do. Uh, And Adrian doesn't know your story. So 
Can you tell us what the uh, what the officer said to you when he put you on the ground? Oh, sure. So, okay, so the, the, it all this all happened on the fourth of June, twenty twenty one. Okay, I was at home watching some Guy Ritchie movie called The Wrath of Man, yeah. and I was like day three of a coke bender, and uh, I heard this crack noise in my front door, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Then I heard police search warrant, and I thought, "Fuck!" And then I ran upstairs, started flushing drugs down the toilet, <laughs> and. Uh, they breached the front door and started. You could hear them yelling downstairs, and they charged up the stairs with like a shield and there was heaps of them. And I ran and hid behind my spare bedroom door because <laughs> I just yeah. I was fucked up. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, maybe they won't look here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's a good spot. Yeah. Like behind the curtains, your feet sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they found me like really quickly, and then <laughs> they they like. Um, tackle me to the ground and like there was like one guy like with his digging his knees into like my back of my thigh there was one like digging his like knees into my back and then this guy just leant down to my ear and he goes stay down you fat cunt you got a tiny <laughs> cock <laughs> and so I'm, unnecessary and how like, did you know yeah. <laughs> so I was like fully clothed at the time yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you know that what? that became one of my first jokes which was um, that, that that must have been his way of letting me know that I'd been under surveillance right <laughs> Because how else would they know yeah. that I had a tiny car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sometimes the things that were just so ridiculous, yeah. which at the time were so intense, but then when I had time to think about it, you're like, actually, I have these ridiculous stories that are yeah. hilarious, um, and they helped me to write my first jokes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's funny how sometimes these horrible moments end up being uh, a blessing in disguise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm again, nothing... Um, near what you've done, but I've had some crazy shit happen to me as well. And it's just taken me, like, I'll be sitting at Smoko one day and I'll be telling people a serious story and they'll be fucking laughing at me. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this happened in my life. And then yeah. now I've basically turned all those into bits and shit. And, like, exactly. when, when I was trying to write, like, jokes, I guess you'd call them, like, they were working to an extent, but they weren't great. And now I've started using, like, my life shit, but, like, obviously sprinkling some... Some yep. sugar on it. It's just like if it comes from a place uh, that, that's real, either yep. like uh, it doesn't have to be a true story, but it mm. can just be emotionally real. But yep. just something where there's it taps into something that is real for you. I always feel like it resonates far more. For sure, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. You, um, you're also part of one of my new favorite little rabbit holes on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Where did that all come from? Who's, whose brainchild was that? Again, uh, this is just the kind of things that have been happening since I stopped doing crime and just started um, leading a, a very positive and productive life. What happened was I started getting a following on TikTok because of my prison food reviews that I'd post on there. And so off that, I got news coverage and then I started posting all these other either uh, stand-up clips or other kind of things that were prison-related, and I got an audience out of that. And then I got contacted by this young bloke that works in advertising who was like, hey, man, I'm a fan of yours. I'm wondering if you would want to shoot some, like, content with me. Yeah. And so he had this idea of was wanting to get a studio and just shoot some, like, dad jokes. We just get jo dad jokes off the internet and we yeah. just sit there uh, opposite each other and tell them. Yeah. And so I got a few it's mates... Like that thing where like where if you laugh, you lose, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah it exactly is that, right. Yeah. So we'd sit there and we'd do shots. Yeah. If you laugh, you lose, yeah. and you do shots. And so I got a bunch of local comedian friends together okay. and we started shooting that. 
and it's been like four months and now the channel's blown up. It's got like 1.2 million followers on TikTok. It's nice. got like 600... Oh, so it's, it's got like nearly 400,000 followers on Instagram and like something stupid, like nearly 660,000 subscribers on okay. on uh, YouTube, yeah. right? So the channel's blown up from mm. zero to 100 in like two seconds and that because of that, now I can't... Walk down the street without yeah. someone uh, being like, "Hey, like, wanted to tell me a joke." Yeah, like, yeah. I, I've been at like uh, pubs, so like a bouncer will come up full serious, and he'll be like, "Hey, mate, let me ask you a question." And I'll be like, "And I'll be like, <laughs> and I'll be like what?" Yeah. And then you go, "What do you call a lesbian dinosaur?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like, "Fuck's sake!" And all the uh, there's a Greek, there's a massive Greek bouncer that came up to me the other day, and he's like, "Just walk past real quick," and then he just whispered me, he's like. You do the dad jokes on the internet, and just like that was it. Like, you, you do the dad jokes on the internet, like yeah, I know, can't. Like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, thanks for reminding so, me. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's just it's, something about it that like um, again, it's I guess it's like an addiction to people's brains is just watching you guys just sit at a table and just you can see you you yeah. trying not to laugh. One of the videos got like fifty million views on uh, TikTok, but yeah. yeah, some of them are just the numbers are insane. Yeah, there's, there's people a, seem to like the fact that I I really struggle because yeah. I'll write of, of the jokes. I'll, I'll have thirty jokes there for the day, and of yeah. those, I'll probably write five of them myself. Yeah, okay. And when when I haven't looked at them for a week or two before the shoot, and then we're sitting opposite each other, so you're like point blank range. So like, like we're just. Like yeah. really close to each yeah. other, point blank. And then there's lights and there's cameras and there's people watching. And then you pull out your paper and then you start <laughs> reading these jokes that like you were laughing at yeah. when you either wrote them or when you picked them. People don't understand because they're always like, stop laughing at your own jokes. Yeah. But they're so, I, I find them so funny that them, when yeah. I start to try and read them out, what do you call I a dog? lose it, right? So, they yeah, can so do that's, magic. that's one that, that blew up. That got 50 million views, uh, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Because I was laughing my own joke, people were like, oh, he's funny. Unfortunately, they, um, they bullied Steph a fair bit because she didn't laugh. But, um, was, yeah, that one was a bit, was a bit I was, rough. I was trying to find one from this week. He's had Rory Lowe on. Oh, and, yeah, we had Rory on. And your, um, uh, your Michael Jackson one. Oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> that, that was, I, uh, yeah, I was trying to quickly find it. I just quickly clicked on one. There was one get, I wrote um, that I really struggled to get out, which was... Uh, why was Boy George banned from the lizard enclosure? Why is that? Because he come a come a come on a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> and when when you're sitting like yeah. fucking right there yeah. under the lights, yeah. and and you look at it and you're trying to tell someone a joke about Boy George coming on a chameleon, yeah. it is so funny and it's so hard to do that. Uh, yeah, people keep saying to me, "Stop." I mean, the the it's a minority that say. Stop laughing at your own yeah. jokes. Mm. You ruin That's it. Part of the it, fun. It, ta- it takes you back to like being in school and mm. you're with your mates in class and you, you're not allowed to laugh and that's when you're going to laugh the hardest. Well, exactly yeah. right. We're about to shoot, now that you mentioned <laughs> that, we're about to shoot in a couple of weeks um, one of those silent library kind of ones oh, where you do challenges true. in a library yeah. and you've got to be full quiet. Oh, so I'm going to be terrible yeah, at that yeah, because sure. you know, everyone's going to be like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then I'm just going to lose it. <laughs> that's it. That, that's when I buckle the most is in situations where you're not meant to laugh. Right. Like, I, I don't know what it is about my head, but someone can be telling me like terrible news and my brain's just like, don't laugh. And I'm yeah. like, why would I even think about laughing? And then you're now next thing you're going like struggling yeah. to not laugh. Yeah, right? I used to, at school, like teachers would be yelling at me and they'd be like, stop smirking. And I'm like, I, 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 I don't even know I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. But, yeah. but once, like, like, the ball starts rolling, then it's like you, you're in trouble. Yeah, 100%. And it just takes one of your mates to give you a little smirk. It sounds like you've got the same condition as me. I call it resting laugh face. Yeah. You know, like, where I just, like, I'm constantly in a position where I'm, like, oh, I look like I'm about to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's like, but, I know I'm smiling, um, but I'm dead behind my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy, that channel. I don't know, like, where it's going to go. But, like, yeah, it's, it's going to be on a million fucking subscribers on uh, YouTube by probably uh, end of September. Yeah, yeah. Do you get that plock in? Do you gig regularly with all those guys? Is that because so you've got like crazy chemistry, which I think adds to it as well? Like. So yeah, Seth and Alan Fang and Akila and Chloe and Kate Dolan. We all are comics that are all gigging together in Sydney regularly. There's then there's uh, I think there's three of them that are just the guy who puts the show together. Uh, his friends. Okay. So they were part of the original, yeah, part of the original crew, uh, uh, Matt, Abby, and Sam. Right. So they're not comics, but they're but they're all, like, hilarious yeah, and fun anyway. People, yeah. So, yeah, there's just been, like, this great uh, chemistry from, from day dot. And, you know, man, when, when you're just there trying to just say stupid jokes to try to make you try to laugh. It's just something, even though you, I watch this and I'm like, fuck, I can't believe they're getting so many views. It's so corny. Some yeah. of these are, like, just dumb yeah. Internet jokes, but when when so many people come together to just try and do something which is supposed to be so fun and silly, yeah. it it just works. I think when 100%. when there's just that shared uh, mentality of having fun, it, it translates onto the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing. There's no agenda. There's no nothing. It's, it's just, just it's dumb just, jokes. Let's fucking have a laugh. It's just like, it's <laughs> just my job today is to just have fun, try and make you laugh, That's but it. I mostly make myself laugh. <laughs> and by doing that, people are like, oh, Edge's just a fucking kamikaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll make myself laugh, and I'll probably make you laugh because I'm yeah, losing exactly. my shit and my own stupid jokes. Now we sure. both lose. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I I've only won one game of it, which is <laughs> the one the one with Rory. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it was a tough win. The the one against Steph, she won 10 1. Uh, Like, yeah, so I'm (laughs) constantly. Yeah, yeah. you're um, you're definitely one of my favourites to watch on there because it's just like. So people you're, like you're, you're, you're smirking before they even start talking. And <laughs> right. I'm like, he's done. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I'm already, I'm already halfway there. You yeah. can say the stupidest joke, but oh, yeah. yeah. So there are people who are like, oh, Edge is an idiot. Like, but there, but most most people are like, okay, he's actually have here. They're having fun. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's why I like watching it. But yeah. Um. So yeah, you're hoping to wrap up this. Um, What's it called? Stories about the time I went to prison. Is that it? Jokes about the time jokes I went to prison. It. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and then I'm, you're working on. A whole other hour. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing for Sydney Fringe Festival in the start of September. I'll do a whole new show. Okay, sweet. Which I've called Andrew Hamilton doesn't mention prison. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? except because, for the title. Because yeah. everyone's like, "Well, what else has he got?" So yeah, I'm like, yeah, "Well, yeah. I don't know either." But yeah. we're going to find it out. That's sick. I, right. I think it's cool that you're challenging yourself like that. Yeah, I was uh, like, throw myself in the deep end. I'll call it that because then it snookers me. I have to literally write yeah. a show that doesn't mention it at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I. And I and I believe I can. That's why I, I constantly set these goals for myself because I'm like uh, I, I I believe that they're challenging but realistic. Yeah, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. And obviously, like um, what you said, you're 37. Yep. And you went to jail for four months. If you've written an hour on four months, then you've got fucking <laughs> you've got 37 I've got a deep more well, hours. My friend. Yeah, I got a deep, <laughs> a deep well of other shit to talk about. That's it. Like I like some nights I'll sit down and I'll start writing, and I think I've got a topic, and then I'll veer back to when I was like six and like yeah. start going on a whole other story. I'm like, fuck, I forgot all about this. There and you go. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about writing. Right? Yeah, yeah. You just sometimes 
yeah, you don't know what you've got until you start to, to, sure. to, to tinker around. Do you do you like physically write or do you come up with your bits on stage? Or So I've tried both ways. Yep. I've tried, like I'd come up with an idea just driving or on the train or whatever and it would just be like a premise mm-hmm. and then I would try just exploring that on stage, like right. the gist of it, to see if I got a laugh, then I'd go away and write more of it. Okay. And what I found is... That's not the best way for me. Yeah, uh, that, that scares the fuck out of me to be that, to be trying to work something out in front of people. I don't know why I thought that that would work for me. <laughs> um, but also... I just laugh at my own joke <laughs> on stage. Yeah. Well, I, I think most of the time I, I could come up with a decent short joke by yeah. doing it that way, like a 15-second like joke. I can do that. Yeah. But... So now I'm doing jokes to like five minute, a five minute joke, yeah. and there's no way in the world I could have done that without sitting down and writing it. For sure, because I, so I'm, I'm in the middle of working on this. I, I want to build it into like a ten minute joke about yep. ADHD. Okay, and it's it's working now as a five minute joke, but mm-hmm. I want to build it out further. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that so I sat down and I was working on that all day just to get it to where. It, like I like it at the yeah. moment, yeah. But it only was as good as it was because I sat down and kept mm. building, kept ideas kept coming as yeah, I was yeah. writing it. I'm like, fuck, okay, I've got to add that in, add yeah. it in there. And then I had this well written thing that I never would have got close to if I was trying to figure it out exactly. on stage. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts how that works because I'm the same. I'll I almost just let my fingers go on autopilot yeah. and then something will come on the page. I'm like, fuck, that's funny. I'd yeah, like, that, though. right. Yeah. And your brain's when you're doing it slow like that, yep. your brain in the background, you just never underestimate what your subconscious is doing for you. For sure, yeah, right? yeah. If you're sitting there focusing on writing the next bit, your brain is still thinking a few yeah. moves ahead. Yep. Where yep. can we go with this? Yeah, definitely. What else have you forgotten? What else? What else? Yeah, yeah. Can go there. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy and scary. Some of the shit I remember. <laughs> Sometimes you wake up the next day <laughs> yeah. and you'll be like, yeah, and, and you will realize your brain has been thinking about it overnight. Yeah, and yeah. And there's an extra bit to it. Yeah, you know. So the, the last like. Um, Two weeks or so, I've started doing something new. And I don't know if it's working or not. I haven't tried any of the new bits. But um, I heard Tom Segura, Tom Segura say he plays music while he writes. And I'm like, fuck, that would be distracting as fuck for me. Yeah. But then I put like um, almost just like instrumental music on. That's right. If it has no lyrics, yeah. I find that better. Do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Because I never even thought of it because I'm like, I Symphony need to be. Symphony music mm, or yeah, yeah. like just some kind of. Uh, ambient music, yeah. but yeah, because yeah, same deal. I've I've especially noticed that that I'm just going on tangents that I never expected. And I don't know, it sounds corny as fuck, but I don't know if it's because I'm like getting in the rhythm of the music and I'm just flowing sort of it's thing. Beethoven, baby. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I was put on classical music or chill hop music. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Get real creative so, yeah. and shit. But yeah, fuck. Um, no, so that's sick. So you're doing Sydney Fringe. And then Sydney are, Fringe. do you plan on doing all Adelaide Fringe and all that as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll I'll do I'll do it all next year. I'll do Sydney, I'll do Adelaide Fringe, I'll do Perth, uh, then I'll go to Melbourne, hopefully with a, a whole new show. Yeah, yeah, that's sick. Yeah. So at the moment I'm in a trajectory where I can I can I'm I'm pretty close to being able to just work on comedy for twelve months because uh, I just signed a book deal. Nice. nice. Sweet. Um, I, you won't guess what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pizza yeah, shops. I've just signed a, a book deal to to write a story about my life. I'd already written half of it when I was under house arrest. Sweet. And so that's the bit that they've read and they made me an offer based on that. Okay, okay. that's cool. So f- with that money, I'm planning to take... 
12 months. So I need to finish the book by the end of the year. Yep. And then, um, yeah, hopefully spend the next year trying to turn comedy into an actual money spin Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, so you're writing that book 100% on your own or have you got like a like – a, what are they called? Like a publisher ghost or a ghostwriter? Writer. No, yeah, ghost it would writer. just be me. Yeah, nice. That's yeah. sick. So, I mean, they, they liked I, – I, I'd written – I, I read a book by Stephen King about writing books okay. and he recommended just writing a thousand words a day. So when I was under house arrest, I used to get up every morning and yeah. I just would sit, I'd get a coffee, I'd sit down at my desk and I'd write a thousand words every yeah. day and then when I was done, I'd stop. Yeah, okay. And what I found was similar to comedy writing, like if I just leave it and then my, my mind thinks over it overnight, my subconscious, then by the yeah. time I sit down the next day, another thousand words was ready to be rolling out. So cool. I, I found I got, I got on quite a roll that, and I never felt defeated because a thousand words um, isn't... It's like, achievable. It's yeah. achievable. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so there'll be times where I, like, I'd be, get to a thousand words and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll, 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 I've got so much, going. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I keep going with more, I would stop. Before, yeah, okay. Because cool. I, I didn't want to also get to the point where I, you know, sometimes wrote 2,000 and then the next day I got nothing. Yeah, so yeah. So I just, every day I just sat down with the same discipline and then 70 days later I had 70,000 words. That's awesome. And so that's, and, and a book only needs to be about 80 or 90,000. So yeah. um, they think I've got... Um, three quarters of a book. I yep. think it's. I think I, I need to cut a lot of it. I think yep. I've got half half mm. one now. So okay. I'll spend the next few months fine tuning that into hopefully uh, something which is not a big pile of dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> sure if great. it is, you can just take it on. Yeah, man. Read it as a joke. <laughs> I will flog the <laughs> yeah. shit out of it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. part of the reason why they got they gave me the deal because they were like they're looking at my social media yeah. and they were like, okay, this guy at least can flog his book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> yeah. You're going somewhere. But yeah, no, I'm keen to see where you where you take it all, and we should probably fucking wrap it up so yeah, we can sure. get you to your gig up in the city. Sure, um, well, I mean, it's been fun to. Uh, yeah, you heard the story. How yeah, yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> not what I expected, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did you think it was going to be? I don't know. Just not that. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, got the right. magic mushroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Not get on the ground. You got a small dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Usually that's me. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. There's a guy out there that's like. I said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's I'll his wait, party story. One day I'll be at a gig and he'll come and he'll he'll identify yeah. himself to me. Why is that by doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I, I do have my my audience. I have a lot of uh, prison officers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cops yep. and uh, and crims, either ex or current crims. Yeah. Uh, people who've just been to prison that come to my shows, yeah. and they usually uh, a lot of them will come and reveal themselves to me. Just yeah, okay. That. So yeah, yeah. there was a guy when I was in Melbourne uh, one night, all the way through, past. He goes, "Great show, mate." I work dog squad. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, sure. they, they, they like to let me know that they're involved yeah. in one way with the criminal justice system, yeah. either either committing the crimes or yeah. trying to stop it's them. It's all it's all entangled but, with each other. Uh, so guess, one so. day I'm going to be doing the Edmore Theatre to thousands of people, and it's going to be, you know, ex Barry in the middle. Oh, you're that dog that put me away. That's good. You got shows the rest of the week? Yes, I'm doing good chat. Comedy Club uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm doing my yeah. solo show there on Thursday, and then I'm doing just a, a short ten-minute spot at Sit Down okay. on Saturday. Nice, beautiful. So and this uh, yeah, is coming out. This thinking. is coming out next week. But shout out to Good Chat and Sit Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you crushed at all of them, and there was more than four people at all of them. Some yeah. people said they were the greatest shows yeah. they've ever seen That's in Queensland. That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Yeah, fuck. if you weren't there, you'll be there next time. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be fucking coming to Brisbane again soon with yep. with your uh, stories not about prison. Was that it? Andrew Hamilton doesn't mention prison. That's the one. <laughs> Let's finish on that. Thanks for coming Thank in, you mate. Very much. We'll no worries, boys. See you later. They have me. <laughs>